I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Are you being influenced? If you've watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. So a couple years ago, I hit 40 years old. And man, did things change. I didn't have the same strength and vitality that I had before. And I didn't have what I wanted. And that was the ability to work out and have a blast doing it. So then the pounds started packing on. Well, thank goodness I found Chalk, C-H-O-Q. And they're helping real American men just like you maximize your masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the Chalk Vitality Stack for over a year now. And not only am I working out, I've now lost 50 pounds. So if you're ready to maximize your masculinity today, go to Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and use promo code BEN for a massive discount on any child subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com, code BEN, limited time offer. Subscription is cancelable at any time. Chalk.com. A major win for conservatives at the Supreme Court, a major win for free speech, a major win for the First Amendment, and this case has Senator Cruz's name all over it. Literally, his name is on the case. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is brought to you by Genucel. How old does your mirror say you are? You can delay this question by five, 10, even 15 years with Genucel's new ultra retinol serum. You can 
you know, see it sitting right here on the desk. Here's a testimonial from Marina. Marina lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She says, great product. My skin loves it. I have spent more money, she says, on creams over the years, enough to pay off my house. Just kidding. But it feels like that. This product has changed my life like no other. Now, Marina is flying high with Genucel's new ultra retinal serum with hyaluronic acid. Um, this works to hydrate your skin at the cellular level. It builds on this deep moisture with incredible anti-wrinkle effects. And gentlemen, you know that we ladies, we wives, use your razors in the bathroom when you are not looking. Likewise, we know that you use our face products, our skincare products. And it's fun. All's fair in love and war. Now, if you go to my URL, that is genucel.com slash cactus, you can get up to 50% off Genucel's new ultra retinol serum. That is 50% off if you go to genucel.com slash cactus. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash cactus. Genucel.com slash cactus. Today's episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Without added security, you might as well give all your private data away to hackers, advertisers, your internet service provider, and who knows who else. IPVanish helps you securely and privately browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private messages, passwords, emails, browsing history, and other information will be completely protected from falling into the wrong hands. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. Just for Verdict listeners, IPVanish is offering an insane 70% off their annual plan. That's like getting nine months for free. You have to go directly to IPVanish.com cactus to get this 70% off discount. IPVanish is super easy to use. Just tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, and phones. Whether you're at home or in public, don't go online without using IPVanish. Don't forget, Verdict listeners get 70% off the IPVanish annual plan. Just go to IPVanish.com cactus to claim your discount and secure your online life. That's IPVanish.com cactus. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is brought to you by American Hartford Gold. Now, the new inflation numbers are out, and I think we can all agree they are incredibly depressing. The price of gas is way up. The price of housing is up. The U.S. national debt is way, way, way up. And unfortunately, given the way that our current administration prints money and spends money, experts don't see this going away, this inflation going away anytime soon. So how do you protect your money? your savings, your retirement from inflation. Well, when times are turbulent, Americans like you turn to physical gold and silver and American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by diversifying a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. And it's really easy to get started. All it takes is a short phone call and they will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or if you prefer inside your 401k or your IRA. They make it easy. If you call them right now, then they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. So don't wait, call them right now. Call 855-768-1883. Or if you prefer texting, you can text the word cactus to 65532. Again, the phone number is 855-768-1883 or text the word cactus to 65532. Welcome back to Verdicts with Ted Cruz. I am Michael Knowles. Senator, this has been a big couple of days for you and for the First Amendment and for conservatives, especially heading into the midterms. You had a major victory, not in the Capitol, but in another branch of government at the Supreme Court. Well, that's right. I filed, filed a lawsuit against the federal government and won a 6-3 victory at the U.S. Supreme Court uh, based on the First Amendment. And, and, and what I was challenging 
is a part of McCain-Feingold. Remember, McCain-Feingold was the big so-called campaign finance reform bill that passed 20-some-odd years ago. And it's a terrible bill. It has all sorts of terrible provisions. The Supreme Court has struck down a bunch of those provisions. Uh, Many of the provisions were designed with one thing in mind, to protect incumbent politicians. You know, you think about it, campaign finance laws are written by incumbent politicians. And the one thing they can all agree on is they don't want anyone to beat them on election day. And so campaign finance, many of these provisions, including the provision I challenge, are designed to make it hard for challengers to win. In particular, what this provision said is if you're a candidate for office, let's say Michael Knowles decides to run for Senate uh, in the state of Tennessee, and you're a first-time candidate, you don't have a lot of name ID, but you've saved some money, and you decide, let's say you're a small business owner, and you decide to put $500,000 into the campaign to loan your campaign $500,000 to jumpstart it, to to run your first ads to get started. Well, what McCain-Feingold provided is if you loaned your campaign $500,000 on campaign day, you were capped on what you could pay yourself back at $250,000. And everything beyond that was essentially a gift to the taxpayer. So if you loaned your campaign $500,000, you're out $250,000. You can pay yourself back two fifty, but not a penny beyond that with money raised after Election Day. The purpose of it was real simple. They didn't want people loaning themselves money to run against incumbents. And so I saw this as a practical matter when I first ran for Senate. So I ran for Senate in 2012. My opponent, David Dewhurst, worth over $200 million, a gazillionaire. He put over $30 million of his own money and just wrote a massive check. I'm sitting there. I don't have $30 million. I've got no name ID. No one's ever heard of me. I'd never run, like, I'd never been elected to office. This was the, the last thing I was elected to was student council. <laughs> so, so I'm running this, this grassroots campaign. And the week before the primary, my, my, Campaign manager comes to me and says, okay, the only way you can survive is if you liquidate all of your liquid net worth and drop it into the campaign and a loan. And so Heidi and I, we'd worked a number of years. We had $1.2 million in savings. And, and, and I went, by the way, I went to, my, uh, to, to Heidi and said, sweetheart, what do you think about putting our whole liquid net worth into the campaign? <laughs> I don't advise this conversation. This is a dangerous mm-hmm. conversation to have with your spouse. Astonishingly, Heidi in second said, yes, do it. We did. That got us into the runoff, which ended up getting me into the Senate. This law was designed to say you can't pay yourself back. So I filed a lawsuit challenging this provision of McCain-Feingold, saying it's unconstitutional, saying it restricts political speech. We won in a three-judge district court, won unanimously. And then it went to the U.S. Supreme Court, was argued earlier this year. And just this week, we won 6-3. Chief Justice Roberts wrote a terrific opinion, said this was clearly designed to stifle political speech, to stop challengers from taking on incumbents, to benefit career politicians. And so they struck the law down, the result of which is it's now easier 
for challengers to run for office and for challengers to take on and beat career politicians? Well, it's a great win. I'm glad that uh, given the amount of money you had donated to your own campaign to really just to test this law, uh, presumably you'll get back something like $10,000. These days in the Biden economy, I think that'll pretty much just buy you a nice steak dinner. But I hope you, you know, enjoy it to celebrate. Uh, What I'm really interested in is what does this mean practically for candidates who are running right now in the 2022 midterms? How, how do you think it's going to affect the landscape? So, so it has a big impact. I, I got to tell you, in the Senate and in the House, I cannot tell you how many current senators and current House members have come up to me and said, thank you. Thank you. Like, like I have... I loaned my campaign hundreds of thousands of dollars or maybe even a million dollars or more, and I've never been able to repay myself. Like the the level of gratitude among Republicans, but even among Democrats, they can't admit it because their side is a big fan of stifling the free, free speech. But they're grateful. And, you know, it's amazing. The corrupt corporate media, the way they cover this, like the headlines from all of the media is like, now it's legal to bribe senators. <laughs> I saw that headline. It's like, well, no, the contributions to pay back the loan are under the same contribution limit. So $2,900 a person, same limit applies. Um, So the idea is 86 contributions at $2,900 a piece adds up to $250,000. So 86 contributions were just fine to pay yourself back. (laughs) But the 87th, was clearly corruption. It was all a crock. By the way, it's interesting. If you look at the debate on on the Senate floor, both Pete Domenici and Kay Bailey Hutchison, my predecessor on the Senate floor, they were very candid why they wanted this provision. They said, look, we don't want someone to run against us and loan their campaign a million bucks or five million bucks. They might beat us. And it's interesting, some of the coverage where they say, well, gosh, this is benefiting the candidates because they can put the money in their own bank account. The dissent says, you can take the money and use it to buy a car or join a country club. And this is the classic classic leftist, like the ultimate definition of evil is joining a country club. I'm not a member of a country club, but, it, but it's how the left defines it. The one thing they seem to be omitting is it's your damn money. <laughs> like this is not, that, that's the funny thing. It's like, all right, you start out with in the hypothetical 500,000. You had it to begin with. <laughs> You loaned it to the campaign, and if it pays you back, you got the same damn money you started with. (laughs) None of these leftists in the media acknowledge that at all. Now, speaking of money flying around the Capitol, there is a vote that just occurred, I think, that seems to have divided the right, the the Republicans, the conservatives, and, and it's this vote over funding for Ukraine. And you voted for the funding in Ukraine uh, there is a lot of confusion about what this funding is for, what's included in the bill. So uh, so what do you have to say about that? Yeah, look, so we just had a vote on $40 billion in additional funding for Ukraine. And, and there are a lot of folks, a lot of grassroots activists, probably a lot of viewers of this pod uh, who, who are skeptical of that funding. Um, I think the vote for the funding was the right thing to do. I voted yes. Um, I think there were a total of 11 no votes. So it was a relatively small group of Republicans that voted no, but it was most of the conservatives. And look, if you ask a grassroots activist, I was up in uh, in Pennsylvania campaigning on Thursday and Friday and the activists there, they're like, all right, $40 billion sounds like a ton of money. Anything going to something in a foreign country sounds like a waste of money. 
we got chaos on our southern border and people are pissed off. How come these these jerks won't secure the southern border and yet they want to send money overseas? And then people are frustrated at all the other things like inflation and the baby the baby uh, formula shortage and everything else. They're like, focus on at home, not abroad. I understand all those sentiments. Here's why I voted yes. The war in Ukraine, it is in America's national security interest for Vladimir Putin to lose. If Russia wins, it's bad for America. Now, as you know, we shouldn't have been in this war. This war is unnecessary. Biden's weakness caused it. Biden's waiving the sanctions on Nord Stream 2 caused this war. We've talked a lot on this podcast about Nord Stream 2, the sanctions legislation that I wrote that stopped that pipeline that prevented the war until Joe Biden came in, waived the sanctions, surrendered to Putin, and caused the invasion. That being said, if Putin succeeds, it hurts America. It is bad for America. Putin wants to reassemble the old Soviet Union. We want our enemies to be weaker. We don't want our enemies to be stronger. If Putin conquers Ukraine, he will be stronger. He will have more of a stranglehold over energy. That's bad for America. We've seen energy prices skyrocketing. Putin controlling Ukraine gives him more of a stranglehold over our energy prices. And that is, we will end up spending much more battling against Putin if he wins than if we provide Ukraine the weapons to beat him. Of the $40 billion, $9 billion of it is replenishing U.S. military stocks. So in, in other words, it's, it's replenishing stingers and javelins and weapons that the American military has that have been given to Ukraine and our stocks are depleted. Now, I don't know of anyone rational that can argue against those nine, $9 trillion, that, that we obviously should be ha, have the weapons necessary to defend ourselves. A total of $24 billion of this amount is military aid to Ukraine. So it's bullets, it's missiles, it's stingers, it's javelins. It's the weapons that Ukraine is using to win victories and defeating Putin in battles ongoing. That's good for America to have the Ukrainians defeating Russia. Um, there's an additional portion of this, it's about four and a half billion dollars that is focused in particular on food aid. And one of the consequences of this war you know, Ukraine is called the breadbasket of Europe, grows enormous quantities of grain. This war has shut down uh, that food production and that the projections are that we could be facing massive famines uh, throughout Africa, throughout Egypt, throughout the developing world as a consequence of this. I think providing some funding to prevent mass starvation and mass famine makes sense. Now, there's also in this bill about $8 billion that goes to the government of Ukraine for economic assistance. I think that's crap. I hmm. would delete that. Um, I think it is almost certain, a lot of that is almost certain to go to waste. I think some of it will go to corruption. Um, you know, some of that, who knows, could end up in some oligarch's yacht uh, in the Baltic Sea. That's possible. It's also the consequence of having a bill that is drafted by Democrats, that's drafted by Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. So I'm faced with a binary decision. I don't like that $8 billion. I would cut that waste. I would get rid of it. 
but I think it would be a mistake. I don't think it would be the responsible decision, particularly when Ukraine is beating Russia, to say, okay, we're going to cut off your bullets and cut off your missiles and put you in a position where the inevitable result is Putin wins. That's bad for America if Putin wins, and I don't want our enemies getting stronger uh, because that ends up hurting us. Well, I think I think this is the strongest argument for the bill. I know a lot of conservatives roll their eyes when the arguments for funding the war in Ukraine is, are that uh, Ukraine is this thriving, wonderful democracy. And, you know, in the abstract, we need to defend, you know, this flourishing uh, republic when, in fact, it's obviously got a lot of corruption. Probably some of that money is going to go to that corruption. But I like the way you're putting it. You're saying, look, it's a simple question. What is better for America? Is it better for America to have Vladimir Putin run Ukraine or for Zelensky and the rest of these guys to run Ukraine? One of the frustrating things is I think a lot of the Republicans defending this, you were pretty kind a second ago. I I think they're eye-bleedingly horrible in how they defend this. (laughs) And and they get up and say things like, we must protect democracy. We must protect international (laughs) norms. That's all hogwash. That's the kind of garbage John Kerry says. And so one of the problems is, Some of the people who voted with me are saying things that I think are imbecilic (laughs) and and I hate their justifications. It's not why I support the military aid. You know, it used to be all Republicans were agreed. We support a strong military. We stand up to our enemies. But let me give you what I think is the single best argument for this aid package. Listen, Russia is a very real danger. Putin is a very real danger, but there's a bigger danger. And that's China. Communist China is watching this. She is watching this, as you remember, and I said this on the podcast. When Joe Biden surrendered to the Taliban and had the disastrous failure in Afghanistan, I said at the time the chances of Putin invading Ukraine have just risen tenfold. And I said the chances of China invading Taiwan have risen tenfold because they've looked at the man in the Oval Office. They've taken the measure of the man. Well, right now, she is watching what happens in Ukraine. And if Putin wins, and even more importantly, if Putin wins because America lost the stomach for supporting our allies, decided, you know what, even though the Ukrainians are heroically defeating the Russians, even while outmanned, little old grandmothers throwing Molotov cocktails, the Americans were so feckless, we said, sorry, We're cutting off your bullets and missiles. Good luck winning a war, you know, with no bullets. I think the chances of China invading Taiwan skyrocket dramatically. And you want to talk about profoundly dangerous. One of the reasons we don't want China to invade Taiwan, if they invade Taiwan, it gives communist China a stranglehold on semiconductors produced worldwide. Mm vast percentage of the semiconductors produced in the world are produced in Taiwan. It literally puts us in a position where we're dependent on China for essential electronics. And there are one of two outcomes in that. Either one, they sell us chips that they put spyware on to monitor everyone. or And that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario <laughs> is China now has spyware everywhere. Worst case scenario is they say, screw you. No more chips for you. Uh, you know, it's like the, the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. No soup for you. No chips for you. That is a terrible outcome. And I believe, look, she is watching this. 
At the outset of this Ukraine war, the Biden administration told Congress repeatedly, said this war is going to be over in two, three days. Russia is going to roll in, conquer Ukraine. It's all going to be over. Nothing, nothing to see here. Turned out the entire Biden admin was spectacularly wrong. Every day this war drags on. Every Russian casualty, every dollar that the Russians pour down a rat hole in this war, A, hurts Russia and Putin, which is good for America, but B, I think, increases the deterrence on China of further military aggression. So I don't want America to project so much weakness that we invite China to be aggressive and invade our neighbors. And by the way, invite Venezuela to do the same thing, invite North Korea to do the same thing, invite Iran to do the same thing. There are a lot of bad guys in the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a much stronger argument than uh, than some of your colleagues. And I, I think if you if you just view foreign policy, not just, but primarily view it through what is in the national interest of the United States, uh, that, yep. that that's a reasonable way to approach this question. And uh, people people's eyes won't glaze over in the way that they do when you hear the peons to, you know, democracy in the abstract, which in, in reality often doesn't really exist. Now, speaking of democracy, speaking of the will of the people, we get questions on this show, Senator. We get questions all the time from our listeners, and we never get to more than one or two of them per show. So I've got a lightning round of questions for you from the mailbag. Right, fire away. From our great listeners. Our listeners, of course, can join the Verdict Plus community. They can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, MySpace. I don't know. You can subscribe wherever. Leave a five-star review. Let's get to the first question. I think Probably the most pressing question, uh, this is from Jonathan. The Women's March was this weekend. We are seeing women like Amber Heard, Jada Pinkett Smith, Meghan Markle, Kim Kardashian. Is it time we start talking about toxic femininity? <laughs> um, so look, Jada Pinkett, Pinkett Smith, it seems unfair to blame her for the fact that that, that Will Smith went and took, took a swing at someone. So I'm not sure, you know, he has... He has agency, so I'm not going to blame her for that. Um, Amber Heard, I'll confess, I haven't watched this trial. I've seen like snippets of it, and and it it seems a little bit like watching a celebrity car crash, but but I haven't actually watched it. I, I do not want to confess, Senator, that I've watched this trial. It's riveting. It's riveting. It's the best thing on television it, right now. I I believe you. And, and Johnny Depp seems like a weird dude. And I know like if Twitter's to believe Amber Heard is kind of really bizarre and and more in the wrong than people thought. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know that 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 is truly an ignorant statement. Um, Kim Kardashian, she hadn't done anything lately. I mean, she seems Kim seems fine. She uh, the SNL guy. I don't I can't I don't know. I'm, I'm team Kanye. I don't what can I say? Uh, I mean, Pete Davidson. All right. How come? That dude gets all of these like hot women because of toxic femininity, Senator. That is the evidence that something has gone wrong. <laughs> Pete Davidson was dating Kate Beckinsdale. I mean, you're talking underworld. You're talking like yeah. super hot vampire <laughs> in black leather trench coat. And mm. you're like, really? The SNL dude? Like, wow. Yeah. Um, and I, who was the fourth one? Uh, you had the fourth somebody one else on. was, oh, oh, the. The uh, former Duchess and future president, Meghan Markle. I, I am happily in a royal free zone. I, I cannot stand their antics. They're sort of, they seem 
left wing as a matter of social virtue, uh, socialist because they've inherited hundreds of millions of dollars. And as best I can tell, um, trivial and not focused on actually things that matter. Although, again, I say that with a degree of, of ignorance. Maybe they're doing wonderful things in charity that I don't know. But everything I see in the headlines seems to be uh, inane vanities and trying to prove to leftists that they're as woke as, as anyone wants them to be. I've always been a, a great defender of Her Majesty the Queen, but I now have a conspiracy theory that actually the whole Mexit phenomenon was a plot by the royal family to uh, send this woman and Prince Harry to America to rise through the political ranks, to become president, to undo the American Revolution and return the United States to the Commonwealth. I don't, I can't prove it yet. You'll be back. <laughs> you'll, you'll be back. I've seen Hamilton and that's, that, the, 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 that's, that's what her predecessor mm -hmm. said. That's true. Okay, well, now that we've covered that important topic, uh, next question, this one's a bit more trivial from Galen. I would like to know Senator Cruz's position on civil asset forfeiture, the legalized theft of personal property by the government with no crime alleged. Very good question. Um, I've got real concerns about civil asset forfeiture. I think it is abused with some frequency. Um, I think there is a role for civil asset forfeiture for an asset that was used in carrying out a crime. Um, that's where it's legitimately applied. I, th I think it can be abused. The threshold is far less than, than, than convicting someone beyond a reasonable doubt. And I think there's been lots of allegations of law enforcement abusing it because they want to seize a bunch of assets, even if someone hasn't done anything wrong. I, look, my basic view is if, if you commit a crime, if, you, if you're living on a, you know, in a fancy mansion and, and selling drugs out of the mansion, you can lose the mansion. And that's, uh, that, that's part of the criminal law. And I think it is a, a, an appropriate ancillary to a criminal conviction. But, but I have long been vocal about the abuse of civil asset forfeiture, and I think it needs to be reined in. There's a question that we've heard a whole lot about with regard to this overruling of Roe v. Wade. This has become one of the top Democrat talking points. Questions from Pittsburgh, who says, do you believe that interracial marriage would be at risk if Roe v. Wade is overturned? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's utterly absurd. We, we talked last podcast, I, I made fun of the New York Times, which suggested that, that if Roe is overturned, that there are several states that would, in fact, ban interracial marriage, which, which uh, what is it? I think I had some sort of long that they were like crazy, moronic, full of crap. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was a whole string of adjectives making fun of the New York Times because they have this view that only Manhattan could have of dripping contempt for the rest of the country. No, no state wants to ban interracial marriage. No, there's no risk of that. No, there's no risk of the law allowing it. it that, that, that's all an absurd slippery slope. And I, I can quantify precisely the chances of that happening. And it's 0 0.00. <laughs> but what about 0 0.000, 0.0001? I mean, is, are you saying there's a chance? No, no. Nope, not, not, not even the Dumb and Dumber stand, standard. I'm not even saying there's a chance. There is zero chance. Yep. Uh, from Kim, 
This will be the last question. Why isn't the Biden administration changing course? This, I think, is a really good political question. She says the regime has dismal poll numbers, worsening worsening economics, and are obviously completely incompetent. So even just from a purely political perspective of self-preservation, why isn't the Biden administration changing on anything? So I don't know for sure, but I do have a theory, uh, Hmm. which is that the kids are in charge. Um, I think Biden is truly checked out. I think his his mental capacity is so diminished that he's not running things. And when I really became convinced of that, oddly enough, was at the State of the Union. Um, And the State of the Union, Biden was competent in reading what was on the teleprompter. But any president looking at where things are now, it is not rocket science to recognize that the Democrats are headed to a bloodbath in November. At this point, everyone knows this. Republicans know this. Democrats know this. The State of the Union was Biden's best opportunity to try to change course. And and by the way, we saw Bill Clinton masterfully use State of the Union addresses to change course and pull the Democrats' path out of the gutter. Biden didn't even try. I mean, the question that was asked, that they're not trying to change course. They're doubling down on crazy-ass left-wing radical. Any principal would say, Hmm. hold on a second. Let's not accept that we're headed to a bloodbath and losing the House. Let's not accept that we're probably losing the Senate. Let's at least try to hold on to a majority somewhere. They're not doing this. And, and I think what is happening is you have people like Ron Klain, the chief of staff, that's running it, that they're like, yeah, you ever yeah. seen the movie Dr. Strangelove? They're like the guy with the cowboy hat riding the bomb down. They're just going to take it all the way down and blow the hell out of it. And if there were a responsible principle running things, they'd at least try to say that. For for people who are unfamiliar with the term, when, when you say principal, you're talking about the guy, the elected guy, the person who's supposed to be in charge. The elected official. And, and it's just, it's fundamentally different. I've been a staffer, but it is fundamentally different when your name is on the ballot. When you are the elected official, when you've got the election certificate, there's just an awareness of, okay, let's think through what the consequences are, what the next steps are. Any president who was aware of his surroundings would at least try to save this. The fact that they're not, I think the children, the staffers are running it, and they're just like, screw it. (laughs) Screw it all the way. Let's go. Like, we don't care. Let's ram everything through, and oh, well, if we lose the House and Senate. Cowboy hats on, ride the bomb all the way down. That is... Very scary. Well, really, I guess, scary for them. It's wonderful news for uh, conservatives. We don't always get wins, especially when conservatives are out of power. But there have been a lot of wins. Congratulations on your court win, mm-hmm. Senator. Thank you. All right. And before I go, you you have more to talk about. We've got our wonderful show, uh, The Cloakroom, with Liz Wheeler. Liz, what are you guys going to talk about? Hi, Michael. Hi, Senator. Yes, we have a fascinating topic that we're discussing on Cloakroom today. So in in the wake of Nina Jankowitz and the Disinformation Governance Board coming down from the Biden administration, there's this idea on the left 
that there's limits on free speech. And they always use this phrase, you're not allowed to yell fire in a crowded theater as their justification, as the precedent that they point to for these limits on free speech. And we are going to examine the actual history of that phrase and whether or not it actually does impose limits on free speech. You can join us on Cloakroom if you go to verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. It's for Verdict Plus subscribers only. Verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. If you use my access code, which of course is Cloakroom, you can get your first month free on your annual subscription. Verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. Make sure to go check out the Cloakroom. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until next time, I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.